Fellas, what up? Welcome to episode 21.5 of the MFHT cast. I am the commission. We are brought to you tonight, as always, by our good friends at Sun River Brewing. We are sampling a little bit of the Rivermark Pilsner tonight. It's really glorious. If you haven't had a chance to try it, highly recommend. Mm. That's really nice. Smooth, sessionable. More of a summery beer. We're getting getting on into fall, but still the the Pilsner is a, is a good play on a Wednesday night. All right, we have a lot to get to tonight, so we are going to get moving here. Um, before we start with our review of the main league from last week, we have a little bit of not even so much league business as it is uh, pod business to get to, which is that uh, our friend Tim pointed out to me that I had an omission and correction to make from last week's pod, which is that I did not ever properly break down his battle with Bettis. So Bettis apparently was the high scorer last week. And when I first started doing the pod, I used to put a lot of work into it. Like I would sit down, review things, write notes, come up with like a, not so much a script, but just like notes to myself to, to refer to throughout the, the pod. And I just don't have time for that shit anymore. So basically what I do from a process standpoint, I get myself set up in my recording studio here in the bathroom at Shea hyphen 10329 Southwest 14th drive. And I open up our main league site on one tab. I open up the side league site on another tab. I quickly review and then I just start going and it's just mostly just off the top of my head. And so, you know, these things can happen, but I really feel like what happened last week was like, my brain was not allowing my eyes to see what was right in front of my face. It was like a protection mechanism, you know, it was like a, when you have like a traumatic experience and your brain doesn't let you experience the memory. That's what was happening in my brain and in my body. When I saw Bettis as the highest scorer in our league for that week, it was like, I, I, I wasn't allowed to see that. So, so Tim, no disrespect intended, just know that it was, it was really a defense mechanism that was kicking in there. That's all that was happening. Um, but just real quickly, I haven't gone back and looked all I, all I know is that Tim started, um, Matt Stafford over Josh Allen, who had a total ham week, you know, 40 plus points. And, you know, I think the instinct to start Matt Stafford was fine in the sense that you knew he's going up against the bucks. Everybody throws against the bucks. Rams offense is on a roll. He's going to throw the ball 50 times. Makes perfect sense. Yada, yada. Except for the fact that if you... Expend the draft capital on Josh Allen in the probably third round in our league, which, you know, as you all know, I think is too high, but whatever. Um, you should just start him every week. Like, just just play Josh Allen. Like, he's he's really good at football. So, you know, but it happens. You know, I know I've had plenty of, like, roster moves and, and, and sit-start decisions that haven't worked out very well for me, uh, including one that I'll talk about later that, that cost me the win. Second week in a row, actually, a, a sit-start decision has cost me the win. So, you know, it's just part of the game. Um, Bettis uh, apparently had a very high score. I don't know what it is. I refuse to go back and look at what he did well or talk about it. So there we have it. So congrats to Bettis for the week three win. And uh, sorry, Tim, that, that I forgot to give you the proper love. Um, omission uh, has been unomitted, remitted. I'm not sure what the word is, but anyways, I feel like we're square at this point. All right, next league business. Um, big sit there. Uh, so it is officially trade season in MFHC. You guys know how it is. I get through week four 
I hate my team and I feel like I have to trade away my best player. I, I do this pretty much every year. Um, and so this year I consummated a trade with Rob where I sent him Travis Kelsey and Antonio Gibson. I think this is the first time I can remember that I've traded away my first and second round picks. Uh, and in return, I got Zeke Elliott and Kyle Pitts. And, you know, the logic for, for me on that trade was I, as much as I like having Travis Kelsey, I mean, who, who wouldn't, even though he's had a couple down weeks, you know, whatever, that's going to bounce back when you are one of the top two weapons in a Patrick Mahomes offense. I mean, I know, I know Kelsey is going to have plenty of big weeks from here on out. Um, the, the logic for me is I, I really want my team to be anchored around a, a stud running back. And then like, I'll figure out running back too. I'm not too worried about that piece. Um, and I just haven't liked the idea in these first four weeks of the season that my best player is coming at the tight end spot and I'm having to kind of piece it together at, at the RB spots. And I, I thought going into the year, the reason that I drafted Antonio Gibson was that I thought his role was going to increase. And I thought that Washington's defense was going to be really good. And that would play into his hands as their, as their first and second down running back. I mean, I knew JD McKissick wasn't going away. Um, the issue for me with Gibson is that it seems like his touch volume is kind of capped in the, in the 16 to, to 18 range. And we know that Zeke has in him these, these 25 touch games, even though Tony Pollard is there. Um, and, and in games where the Cowboys are trailing, Tony Pollard is going to factor in more heavily. So I'm aware of that going in. The other thing for me is that I, I, I'm taking a gamble here, but I feel like there is room for growth for Kyle Pitts. He hasn't really done it yet uh, um, in the box scores, um, but his usage has been really good. He's running a lot of routes. Uh, he had nine targets last week. Um, it, he's, he's in an offense where, you know, he's really the second target behind Calvin Ridley, even though there are other guys in the mix, even though CPAT went freaking ham last week. Um, but that was really, you know, kind of limited, um, limited snaps and he really made the most of them. So anyways, I, I think there's room for growth for Kyle Pitts. I also felt like, you know, I only have like six rookies on my team. I needed at least one more. We'll, we'll keep, maybe by the end of the year, I'll have an all rookie team. We'll see how it goes. On Rob's side, you know, the rationale for him is, hey, let's go get Travis Kelsey, you know, one of the highest upside players in the league, lock in the tight end one, that's a Yahtzee. If Tony Gibson, as Tice calls him, can start putting together games, you know, maybe there's not much that that much of a drop off between Zeke to, to Antonio Gibson and I've just added Travis Kelsey, you know, hey, that's that's maybe a win overall, you know, adding maybe a, a eight to 10 point on average uh, score, uh, you know, maybe I'm being a little generous there. I don't really know about the projections, but you know, in any case, um, adding a little bit of floor ceiling combination there with, with those two players. So that, that's the play for Rob. I honestly feel like it could work out either way. You know, again, I don't feel good giving up a guy like Travis Kelsey, but I felt like I had to do something. And the thing for both me and Rob is like, we're like way, way down in the standings. I mean, Rob's 11th, I'm 10th. We're both one and three, like, you know, you might as well do something to shake it up, see if you catch the right side of it, and, and you go from there. Now, the other thing that is complicating this is I felt pretty good about getting Zeke, and I was like, okay, cool. Got my RB1 locked in. Good. Haven't felt good about that the last four weeks. And then today, he sits out practice with what was described as knee discomfort. And I'm like, dude, like, I got knee discomfort every day. Eat your invisible cereal. Fix yourself up. Get back out there. 
Um, on the other side, Antonio Gibson is banged up with a shin injury. Um, so, you know, basically two shitty teams basically traded players that kind of, you know, maybe aren't getting it done anyways. So I don't know, maybe it all amounts to nothing and I've just wasted the last five minutes of my life talking about it. So let's move on and take a look at our week four results. First one we're going to look at is Tim taking down Tice 115 to 111 on Tice's side. You know, Tice plugged in a couple uh, fairly popular DFS plays in my boy Chuba Hubbard and Nick Westbrook Akine, and neither one of them really came through. And that really limited Tice's ceiling on the week. And, you know, his best player, once again, was was Najee Harris. I don't know if this is his best player of the week before, but Najee Harris, once again, got, uh, you know, good usage, 21 points. Um, but nobody else really came through for him. Uh, on Tim's side, he played Josh Allen this week. He played Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, one of the things that's interesting to be aware of in fantasy is, is the different scoring formats. In DraftKings, I think Stefan Diggs had like 21 points. In our league, he had 16.9 points. Um, so that's a little bit disappointing for Tim. Uh, bummer about that, Tim. I'll, I'll have to have the competition committee look into that for you and see what we could do there. Uh, Tim also played Michael Pittman, who I think was a really good play. Uh, Michael Pittman has been getting a lot of volume in the passing game, but you know Carson Wentz is his quarterback, and so it is not um, coming through every time there for him. He also played Cortland Sutton again, who I think obviously Cortland Sutton is, you know, that's not a decision that you're making. You're just playing him every week. Um, the injury to Teddy Bridgewater obviously hurt there. It's just, it, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is limited. He's played really well to start the year, He's but nevertheless, he's limited, but he's still a huge step up from Drew Locke. So, you know, Tim got the win at 115 points. I don't know how, how good you feel about that. I mean, you'd rather win than lose, but, you know, sometimes a win feels like a loss. Ooh, you know what? I missed one. Uh, once again, my brain did not allow me to see Bettis's matchup, uh, Bet- but Bettis was actually our lowest scoring winner on the week, um, beating Barsodi 114 to 103. It, you know, Barsodi's had a real tough run in the last 10 days. He lost Christian McCaffrey um, on Thursday night football in week three. Then this week he loses DJ Chark on Thursday night football. And then David Montgomery, who was having an awesome game and scored 27 points in our league, um, went down, I want to say, in the third quarter of that game, maybe early fourth quarter. But regardless, David Montgomery got hurt. So, you know, he's down RB1, RB2, wide receiver two. Just just really rough for Barsodi there. Um, got a negative score from Naheem Hines, which you always hate to see, and only put up 103 points. Uh, for Bettis, you know, riding the coattails of Lamar Jackson once again, and Austin Eckler, who's just absolutely balling out uh, to start the year. So you'd love to see that if you're Bettis. DK Metcalf had another solid, not ceiling game, but a good game. And, you know, 114 points, not impressive, but enough to beat Barsodi in week four. Next up, Nuts beat me 119 to 117. This came down to a good Keenan Allen performance. Um, not even a good Keenan, a shitty Keenan Allen performance um, on Monday Night Football, but Nuts didn't need much to take me down at that point. Uh, I started Sam Darnold 
AKA the NFL rushing touchdown leader through four weeks with five rushing tuds. I have a feeling that may not be sustainable. Um, I got a nice game out of Jamar Chase and Chase, a nice game out of Amari Cooper. Um, a, a, an okay game out of Antonio Gibson. The big thing for me that cost me here was um, I was really scared off by the Bears' performance at the Browns in week three, and I didn't want to play um, Justin Fields or Darnell Mooney. And instead, I played um, Terrace Marshall at receiver. He had 0.7 points, and Darnell Mooney went off for 20 points. If I had just made that one 1v1 switch, I would have dusted nuts. But as it is, I took the L once again. Um, Nuts on his end, 30 points from Dak Prescott. Uh, not great anywhere else. Corey Davis had 23 points. You know, Corey Davis is one of these guys that's going to pop up every, every once in a while. Um, Zach Wilson has, I think, not been good to start the year, but he does want to push the ball down the field. And in weeks in which uh, he gets a weak opponent, like this week against Tennessee, uh, that's going to bode really well for Corey Davis. So shout out to Nuts for getting the low scoring win. All right, got to get back into our menu here. Give me just one second, guys. All right, next up we have Darren. Now we're getting into some real scores. Darren took down Rob, 143 to 126. On Rob's side, 27 points out of Aaron Rodgers, 31 points out of DJ Moore, who looks like he is ascending into NFL wide receiver one elite ranks, uh, 25 points out of Zeke. Uh, 13 points from Zach Moss, who got in the end zone. And, that, and that's really what it's going to take from Zach Moss. If he doesn't score, he's he's going to have, you know, six to eight fantasy points. But if he gets in the box, he'll get a usable score. Only 14 points from Kyle Ridley, who is still, you know, is not reaching his potential yet. Um, but he did have seven receptions. Um, so targeted a lot throughout the game. And, and, and a guy that I think... You just kind of got to keep going back to him. It's not like you're going to bench Calvin Ridley, but, you know, he's a guy that you hope gets hot at some point in the season. On Darren's side, 24 points from Justin Herbert, who has just looked awesome to start the season. I mean, he's put it strung together four really good games in a row. I mean, he looks pretty um, like, like he's going to be unfazed by anything the NFL wants to throw at him. Only 11 points from Devontae Adams. And you got to love that if you're Darren, right? Like, you get 140-plus points and only 11 out of Devontae Adams. Chase Edmonds had 21 points. Uh, he's a guy who started off really well, not going to get a lot of work around the end zone and in the red zone, but he does get a lot of work in the passing game. He's looked really good overall. Uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire puts up a second good game in a row, which I didn't think was possible. And then the big one for Darren is CPAT, wide receiver slash RB, Atlanta Falcons, three receiving touchdowns. And 34 yards rushing, 82 yards receiving. He only played 26 snaps out of like the 73 snaps that they ran. He was only in the game for 26 of them and he scored three touchdowns. So, you know, uh, I don't, that's obviously not sustainable uh, at that rate, but I mean, geez, like Atlanta found a playmaker. Um, all these teams that he's played for and they couldn't squeeze that out of him. So, you know, we'll see how it goes for CPAT. It could be one of those things where it's like that candle burns hot and fast or like maybe somebody finally found a way to unlock him. We'll have to see how it goes. Next up is 
Bartley, 144 over Eric the Burner, 137. On Eric's side, he got 35 points out of Jalen Hurts. And, and so Jalen Hurts is a guy that I feel like I have to say I was wrong about coming into the season. He's been balling out, um, putting up big fantasy scores week in and week out. And, you know, it's not so much that my assessment was I don't think he's good. It's that I wasn't sure if the Philly coaching staff was going to be um, – committed to him. And when I say good, I don't mean necessarily good real life, but good in fantasy. Like there was very, like he very clearly had a path to being a good fantasy player. I just wasn't sure if they were going to stick with him. And you'd have to think at this point that, um, that they are because he's played so well, uh, both from a fantasy standpoint and from a real life standpoint, even though they got dusted by Casey, it's Casey, who cares? He put up 35 points. That's all we really care about. Uh, Saquon looks like he's rounding into form. Eric got 34 points out of him. Um, Tyler Boyd put up 20 points. I've talked about Tyler Boyd a little bit, his role in that offense. So, you know, good overall performance from, from Eric. Just uh, just not enough, uh, not enough juice up and down the lineup. The big thing for Bartley, which um, Eric was lamenting on our text string. And by the way, I forgot Eric was a Jets fan. Shout out to you. Um, you know, as a Bears fan, I feel you. I know what you go through every year. So stay strong, brother. Um, big thing for Bartley was, was the 50 ball out of Tyreek Hill, three receiving touchdowns, 186 yards, 11 receptions. I mean, Tyreek is going to pop up for these kind of games every once in a while. And, you know, glory to Bartley for being the one to catch it. Nobody else on his team broke 20 points, had several guys in double digits. And like, that's kind of all it takes. Um, Bartley has also been distraught. I don't know if distraught's the word. I don't know. Lamenting, annoyed. Um, that Allen Robinson hasn't done jack shit all year. You know, he would have in week two if he hadn't dropped a 40-yard touchdown pass, but that's on him. Um, right in the breadbasket. I have a feeling Allen Robinson could pop up in, what are we coming to? Week five here? Yeah, week five. Um, against the Raiders. Allen Robinson has historically been a guy that has just abused bad secondaries. And, the Raiders have a bad secondary. The question will be, can Justin Fields stay in the pocket long enough to deliver the ball downfield against the Raiders' pass rush, which really looks pretty good so far this year behind Max Crosby and Carl Nassib and, and, and some other guys. But I think those have been kind of the two engines. So anyways, good win for Bartley in week four. Let's see what we get out of A-Rob in week five. And then finally, we come to Colmer. Over service, 148 to 36. Tough beat for service. Put up a decent score in a low scoring week to take his first loss of the season. On his side, he got 30 points out of Terry McLaurin. Like, how good is Terry McLaurin? Um, 38 points out of Debo Samuel. I have to say, I did not see this season coming from Debo, but he is absolutely balling out so far. Caught a 70 yard touchdown from Trey Lance. I think it was mostly run after the catch, but that's kind of what Debo does. Um, 24 points from Russ and um, not a whole lot else. Big thing that held service back was only six points from Dalvin Cook. Doesn't seem like Dalvin is fully healthy yet, so we'll have to see how that plays out going forward. Uh, you know, on Colmer's side, you know, shocker, 38 points from Mahomes, 31 points from Derrick Henry. Like, it's not a complex formula. He also got 24 points from the Bills D playing the lowly Houston Texans to get himself to 4-0. and So Colmer and Bettis sit at 4-0 and atop the league standings. Followed by service at three and one. Darren, Bartley, Tim, Nuts make up the next tier at two and two. And then the rest of us suck ass also rounds down here at one and three. We got to pull ourselves together, fellas. Let's go. Come on.
All right, let's switch it over to the side league here. We have eight-man side league. Bet has failed to get himself in. I call or I text him, ask what's up. You know, typical story. He had other other important priorities. So hopefully we see Bettis in the side league this year or this week, especially because we've got a Bears Raiders battle. We're working on side bets, working on you know lines and odds and all that good stuff and what's going to be on the table. But you know there will definitely be side action on that game. I'm going to need you to give me some points though, Bettis. Raiders are favored by four in that one. In eighth place, we have Service at 93.22 points. I mentioned before how I think Service um, would make a good tournament player on DraftKings. Some of, some of the things that come along with being a good tournament player is you've got to be willing to lose. You know, if you ain't first, you're last, that kind of deal. Service played my boy Javante Williams and Chase Edmonds at running back. So really spent down at the running back spot, um, which I think was a bold strategy. Chase Evans had a good score at 20 points. Uh, Javante Williams is, is, I think, looks really good as a, as a real-life NFL running back. The problem is, is that he's stuck in a timeshare, and they got behind in that game. So, you know, he didn't really have much of a chance to show out there. He also played the Aaron rodgers Devonte Adams stack. This is a, kind of a rare game where Aaron Rodgers has a good score, 21, 24 DK points, and doesn't bring Devontae Adams along. You know, usually it goes the other way where Adams might have a good score, but Rodgers might not. Um, and got off the board with guys like Anthony Miller and, and Christian Kirk. Um, and then the big one that Service played was Travis Kelsey at tight end. 8,100, only got him 6.3 points. I, I tend to think, I mean... You guys know I want to spend down at tight end. I think Kelsey is a tough play in this format because basically you're choosing between Kelsey or Tyreek Hill or Kelsey and Derrick Henry or Kelsey and Devontae Adams or Kelsey and, you know, Alvin Kamara. Like one of these guys that just have, a, in general, a higher floor ceiling combination than Kelsey. Um, so as much as I love Travis Kelsey, I mean, like no dispute on him being the best tight end in the league or anything like that. It just, it's just, it's a tough play because of the choices that you have to make. So um, anyways, service bringing up the rear. Next up, uh, Stardust Ace, Bartley. A lot of icicles here. Um, Kamara, 8,400, 15 points. That's not going to get it done. Bartley went with the team GMMN approach. Uh, played Kamara and Derrick Henry and spent down in other spots. Oh, and Devontae Adams. Holy cow. This is like full-on stars and scrubs. All right, I get it. Uh, I see now. Um so Bartley spent down at tight end and then played another mid-range tight end, which I think is a really tough way to go. He played Will Disley and Logan Thomas. Like you're just like, I think in those scenarios, you're just, you're just giving up so much ceiling. Got 2.5 points combined out of both of them. Logan Thomas got hurt. Um, so, you know, that is what it is. Um, but, um, you know, that's one of the trade-offs that you have to make if you're going to play three 8K players in Adams, Kamara, and Henry. The the big thing that really didn't work out for Bartley, and we've been talking about this all week, was the Odell Beckham play at 5,800. And I made that play too. And I swear to God, I'm not even making this up. It's it's on film. It's on Twitter. It's real. Um, Odell Beckham easily could have scored three touchdowns and had like another 150 yards in that game if Baker Mayfield could just throw the ball competently like a decent NFL quarterback, which, you know, Tyser will be quick to tell you that Baker sucks and maybe he's right. Bartley and I would tell you that the process was good. This is an example of the process being good and the result being bad. Uh, it sucks for Bartley, sucks for me too. All right.
Moving on, Comer. Comer played our boy Justin Fields. I love it. 8.26 DraftKings points in a, in a better performance for him. And this is really starting to worry me in the main league since he was my, my QB play. Um, he played a good real-life football game against a horrible team in the Lions. And then whenever the Bears got into the red zone, they handed the ball off to the running backs. So that is going to really cap Justin Fields' upside. And the other thing that's going to cap his upside is they're, excuse me, they're not using him on design runs at all, at least so far. We'll see if that changes going forward. Colmer went a little off the board. Aaron Jones at running back. Zach Moss at running back. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the flex. I mean, it's so gross. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is like one of these guys that he's just not very good at football, but uh, he plays for the Chiefs. So there you go. Uh, is what it is. Caught a touchdown pass on a little softball toss from Mahomes. Glory to him. Colmer, 104 points. Timothy Boyd, 109 points. Also went with the Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara combo, uh, similar to Bartley. The other spot he spent up was at uh, Kyler at QB instead of Devontae Adams uh, for Bartley. Um, played, and then from there, you're playing a lot of, um, you know, cheap guys. Uh, Christian Kirk, Cole Beasley, Westbrook Akina, Dalton Schultz, who had a good game and is apparently the focal point of the Cowboys passing offense these days. Jalen Waddell, 4,900, you know. Dalton Schultz had a good game. None of the rest of those guys came through. In fourth place, Tice, 123 points, rolled out a Dak CD stack. CD Lamb has disappeared um, the last couple weeks. You know, that offense has become a little more spread out than I think we might have expected it to be. You see a guy like Dalton Schultz getting in the mix. You see Tony Pollard coming into the mix on passing downs now. And so even with Michael Gallup out, they're spreading the ball around more than those of us who have CD Lamb or Amari Cooper um, would like them to. And so Dak had a good game, but he didn't bring CD along for the ride. Derrick Henry obviously had a good game. Tice also played Chuba Hubbard, who I thought was a good play at 5,900, didn't come through. Brandon Ayuk didn't come through. Steph Diggs had a good game at 7,600 for 21 points, um, but it just wasn't enough for Tice. I rolled in in third place. I played Derrick Henry. I, I played Dak and Derrick Henry, similar to Tice. Uh, and I paired Dak with Amari Cooper, who got 15 points, which you can live with. It's not great, but, you know, you can live with it. Got in the end zone. Um, and I also played Shuba Hubbard. I thought long and hard about playing uh, David Montgomery at 5,800, but just couldn't get there. You know, again, scared off by the Bears offense. And that one really cost me. The other one that really cost me was the Odell Beckham play that I talked about earlier. Um I also, um, similar to others, played Will Disley as the punt tight end. And going into the late games, I swapped on to Albert O from uh, Denver because at that point in the game, I was chasing nuts and I wanted to get into first place and I knew nuts had Will Disley. Um, probably the smart play at that point would have been to just stick with Will Disley because I wasn't really chasing nuts. I was chasing Casey, golf dude, 77. I didn't really have a chance to get into first place. So I probably should have just stayed home with my original play and see if I can um, get to second place. But even that probably would have got me there. So in second place, Golf Dude 77, Cousin Casey, played Josh Allen in the Steph Diggs stack. That worked out really well. DJ Moore, 34 DK points. Casey went way off the board at running back. Latavius Murray, Miles Sanders, and Tony Pollard. 
And, and the funny thing is, is that like none of those guys really got there, but what it did is it kept him so cheap at running back that it allowed him to get up, at, get up to pay for Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, and, uh, and, and DJ Moore in the mid range and not really have to sacrifice in too many other places. The other thing that Casey did that I think was really smart was, um, he went with Dawson Knox, just, you know, correlate the tight end, always a good move, especially with a cheap tight end. And Dawson Knox has been getting more usage. He got Casey 20 points. So I think that was a really good play. Got Casey into the money, I think for the second time this year in first place, nuts, B tots, 12, rolled out the Heineke Terry McLaurin stack, which I talked about last week, or maybe it was the week before. Heineke just wants to throw the ball to Terry McLaurin. Worked out beautifully in a game against Atlanta that ended up um, kind of going off there at the end. Played David Montgomery. He ran the, the Heineke McLaurin stack back with Mike Davis, which didn't really work out, but from a process standpoint, that makes a lot of sense. Mini correlation with uh, DJ Moore and Amari Cooper for a combined 50 points there. As I said, played Will Disley at tight end and then played Derrick Henry, the big dog in the flex for 28 points for a grand total of 182.4 points. Big score for nuts. Glory to him winning all the money in week four. All right. So week five, we have an awesome slate in the side league. And by awesome, I mean disgusting. Uh, we have in the Thursday night game, we have the Rams and the Seahawks. In the Sunday night game, which is going to be awesome, we have the Chiefs and the Bills. And then we've got Lamar and the Ravens on Monday night. So we've got all these stud quarterbacks that aren't available to us on Sunday, which means you got to get gross. And I love slates like this. Like you've got to find the gross plays. You've got to find the plays that make you hold your nose want to throw up in your mouth a little bit and uh, just have to kind of suck it up. So let's see who's willing to do that. Uh, make sure you get your money in, make sure you get your picks in, get your lineup in, bet us, try not to suck this week. All right, hope you all have a great week. Cheers, guys.